Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Let's um, get into the Word briefly tonight, and we trust that the Lord is going to speak to us uniquely we are getting ourselves ready for a season of prayer and we talked about um, so we're looking at why we pray why we pray and we've examined uh, Matthew chapter 6 about prayers for the kingdom prayers for the kingdom so let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11. Remember, we started talking about the disciples, uh, Jesus instructing them on the way to pray. <laughs> Jesus instructing them on the way to pray. You know, most times when um, people, when we say, for instance, let us pray, People assume that they know how to pray. Okay? So, for instance, we say, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And then people assume they know how to pray. But you see, the disciples of Jesus came to Jesus, and what was their request? Come on, what was their request? I can't hear you. What was their request? I know you're hungry, but you can't. What was their request? Teach us to pray. That means prayer has to be taught. A lot of believers haven't been taught how to pray. We just assume we know how to pray. So I'll give you an example. Most times when we are praying, uh, maybe I'm not the one leading, right? Have you observed it with your children? For those of you who have children... That every time, if we say, let's stand up and let's start praying. What's the first motion they go through? Right? They close their eyes. Okay. <laughs> so, why do we close our eyes when we pray? Have you ever thought of that? To avoid distraction. Simple. It doesn't make the prayer more answerable. It doesn't hasten the speed. It's just so you won't look around. So when you close your eyes, you're focused. But have you observed sometimes when we say, let's pray, then the children start walking around? Have you observed that? Hey, come on. Have you observed that children start walking around? Why do they do that? Because that's how we pray. Or have you observed sometimes, especially for the kids growing up, when you say, let's pray, they now put their hands together. And do this way and start praying. Were all of these things taught to them? No. They just learned by observation. And so also, most of us learned to pray in the Christian faith. Nobody deliberately taught us about prayer. We just, you know, you go to a church where they shake the head. You start shaking. You don't ask, why are we shaking our heads? And then you go to a church where they shake the head and stamp the feet. And then you start doing that. You go to a church where they clap and stamp and shake. 
Then you go to a church where they are stamping, clapping, shaking and dancing. So most times, we don't, we are not taught. We just copy without asking questions. And so the Pharisees, I'm sorry, the disciples of Jesus observed that he was not praying like the Pharisees. If you read Matthew chapter 6 up, before he started teaching them about this, he says, do not be like the Pharisees. That means there was a way the Pharisees were praying, listen carefully, they were praying to God, but they were not praying right. So I'll give you an example. Let's read quickly now. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. You see where that problem is? Come on, you see where that problem is? They were praying all this way to be what? To be seen of men. So you had some guys, when they are in a corporate prayer meeting, they are blasting in tongues. Let everybody know that my tongue syllable has changed. Okay. As shortly I say they have their reward. It goes on in verse 7 to talk about praying in secret, praying in your room, praying in the secret place. Verse, verse 6, sorry. Verse 7 talks about when you pray, do not use vain reputation as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. So you see, when the hidden is praying, what are they thinking? God is going to answer me because I'm using many words. So the Pharisees had the way they prayed. They prayed with showmanship. You know, some people when they want to pray, then they change the English. Oh, thou heavenly, majestic, incomprehensible father of the lights. Like, which lights? Of course, that's the name of God in the scripture. But you could have just said, Father. You know, some people, when they want to pray, they must use King James English. Because that's the one that God really understands. Careth not <laughs> that I perish, O Yahweh. And some people pray so much, thinking that it is in the reputation that God is going to hear. So it's like when Elijah was praying, you know, the, 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 to the gods of, when Elijah was praying to God and then the prophets of Baal were praying, you know what happened? The Bible says they were crying, they were screaming from night to day. And Elijah came, I was mocking them, say, probably your God traveled. Pray some loud, pray, pray louder. <laughs> and, you know, the Bible says they tore themselves apart. Elijah was mocking them. And sometimes when you hear us pray, it's like our God traveled. It's such, you know, I, I've heard people say, I don't even know if God is answering my prayers. You should know if He's answering your prayers. And I think the number one problem we have is that we think, you know, when we go to the place of prayer, we already know what God should do. How many of you agree? It's like, I want to pray right now. So I go to God and say, Father, this church is your church. I want you to give me 3,000 people. We already have the answer. So what we just want is that this is the answer. I don't have the power for it. I want you to give me the answer. 
But is that what prayer is all about? Absolutely no. Prayer is also about finding the mind of God for that situation. So sometimes when you have so much burdens in your heart, you're not going to God and say, this is how it should be. You're going to God and say, hey God, how are we going to deal with this? What wisdom am I going to use in this? How am I going to tackle this situation? But most times we go to the place of prayer with already made answer. We just want God to stamp it. It's like saying, this is it. Don't, don't even think about it. I've sorted it out. Stamp it this way. Do this, you do that, do that, and I'll be fine. And it's amazing how we go and meet, how we go to pray before the Father. And with our infinite minds, we have calculated the answers to our problems. If we had so much wisdom, we wouldn't be in those problems in the first place. Why do we pray? Why do we pray? We pray to know the mind of the Father. Prayer is communication. You see, the more you talk with someone, the more you understand them. Listen, anybody you don't understand in this world is because you haven't communicated with them long enough. You know, you, you, have you observed that some people, people just say, I can't be friends with those. Ah, God forbid, not in this my life, or in the life to come, or in the third part of my life. I'm not going to be friends with this person. And then you see them laughing with some other people, and you wonder, ah, how can you be friends with this person? When you don't communicate with people long enough, you really don't know them. And can I tell you something? Every one of us seated here, people have misconceptions about us, and we also have misconceptions about other people. And that's what brings problems. I think, I'm thinking, I am just perceiving, I am perceiving thinking, and that's the problem. You know, you know the easiest scripture God gave us to solve offense? You know how easy it is to solve offense in the body of Christ? He says, if you, if your brother offends you, he says, go to him. That's, that's the law. That's the first law. If, if you offend me, what the Lord demands is that I go to you and I talk to you about it. But how many of us know we don't do that? And then he says, if he doesn't listen, then you go talk to the brother. Talk to another brother. But how many of us know what we do is we don't, we don't, do, we don't take the first step. What do we do? We take the second step. We just go straight. Like, hey, you need to hear. <laughs> In fact, this is just part one. I'm coming tomorrow to give you part two. And then that brother says, if we go meet the brother and he doesn't hear, we talk to the elders of the church. But you know what that brother is going to do? He's going to talk to somebody else about it. And say, you know, I'm just telling you now, it's because he told me in confidence, I'm also telling you in confidence. And before you know, everybody's talking about the thing except the two people involved. If we don't act on the word, we cannot get the results of the word. We have to act on the word. And that's the challenge. You see, the, the major challenge we have in Christianity is... We just hear the word. We just want the answers. We just want the miracles. We don't want to add the word. And so, you can, you can make all the excuses and not add the word. So, in the place of prayer also, the Lord teaching us says, when we come to the, to the place of prayer, say our Father. Just go with that sense of relationship. 
Don't go with a sense of functionality. Go with a sense of relationship. This is my father. And I want to have a conversation with him. Don't go with the fire making God. The one who, you know, don't go with all that. Just go and say, our father. Go based on relationship, not functionality. This will change everything about the way you pray. This will change everything about the way you communicate. He says, when you pray, go back to that verse for me, Matthew 6, 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, our Father, our Father, go with a sense of relationship. Talk to God as your Father. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, God is now approachable. Don't say, if I try prayer, prayer doesn't work. I'm going to try praise. If I try praise, praise doesn't work. Then I'm going to try high praise. If I try high praise, it doesn't work. Then I'm going to try sacrificial praise. If I try sacrificial praise, it doesn't work. Then I'm going to try what? This is not guesswork. It's not like we are trying which one. You know, maybe today God didn't wake up very well. You know, some people are like that. You meet them one day, they are all smiling. Oh, how are you? God is good. The sun is bright. You meet them the next day, you're like, should I greet or should I not greet? Should I greet? Should I not greet? Should I greet? Should I not greet? And you say, good. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) God is not like that. We don't try things to get to God. He has made himself plain in scriptures. Through the word, we know what God's will is. We go to him and say, our father... We pray for the kingdom of God. We release the kingdom of God on the earth. Verse 11. Let's deal with this line. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. The young literal translation of that verse is our appointed bread for us today. Give us our appointed bread for us today. Now, People interpret this thing in two ways. Number one, people say, okay, give us this daily bread means give us our daily provision. Which is, it's fine. Yeah, we'll look at it from that perspective. But let's, let's, look, at, let's, let's look at it a bit. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? So, give us this day our daily bread. So the word daily is important here. Because if he says, give us this day our daily bread, that means that the bread for today would not work for tomorrow. Right? Right? Pay attention to the word daily. If I said, give me this day my daily shirt, it means I'm not going to wear it tomorrow, right? I know you just came from work. This is my own work. And you have to be active. Daily means you can use it for the next day, right? It has to be daily. Okay, let's read another scripture where that thing was used. Go to Jeremiah chapter 37. Jeremiah 37 verse 21. Jeremiah 37 verse 21. It's important, like I told you, don't interpret scriptures by yourself. Allow scriptures to interpret scriptures. Don't just read Bible and say this is what it means. You see, one of the things that reduced biblical studies in the body of Christ was when 
preachers started preaching with one verse. You know, people would just come and say, you know, give us this day our daily bread. No matter what you are going through, God is going to give you. God is going to give you. It's going to be daily. He shouts that for 30 minutes and go, we haven't done anything. You haven't interpreted scriptures. And then somebody comes and says, you know, this is the rema I got from this verse. And from one particular verse, 60 preachers are getting 60 remas. Now, what's the correct rema? Bible has to be interpreted in such a way that if someone else, somewhere else is reading it, he would have the same interpretation. That's why it's truth. Are you following what I'm saying? So I can't say, this is what this means. And that's why sometimes, you know, sometimes at the point, when you, <laughs> you know, after a while, sometimes when you now go to church for a long time, you now get confused because things are not adding up. Today this scripture is saying this. Tomorrow this scripture is saying that. The next day this scripture is saying that. And you're like, so what are we saying? Diligence had to be applied to the scriptures. And let me explain something to you. This is very important. Any, if you're listening to any minister of the gospel, watch out for this. Watch out for this. Every time scripture is primarily interpreted to meet your personal need, you might likely not get it right. You know why? The scriptures were primarily written so we can know God. So when, so I'll give you two, I'll, I'll just take you through this now. If I say, give us our daily bread, and my focus is, okay, fine, fine, fine. Give us our daily bread. Okay, okay, okay. How can I get my daily bread? What's going to happen? I'm going to miss the essence of this scripture. So, like I'm, like I'm, that's how I, I study. So, for instance, if you say, give us our daily bread, the first thing, what's the most, um, what do you call it in English? What's the most, uh, what's the word that's most pronounced there? Bread. Bread is the key issue now, right? Bread is the issue we all have. Okay. So, the first thing you have to look at is, how is bread used in scriptures? How is bread used in scriptures? So, you now have to search for that. How is bread used? Why is it daily? You have to search for that. So, it will take some time. Alright? So let's just do something quickly now. Jeremiah 37 verse 21. Look at this now. Then Zedekiah, the king, commanded that they should commit Jeremiah to the court of the prison and that they should give him daily, observe the word daily, a piece of bread from the baker's street until all the bread in the city was gone. First Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. So, we can find somewhere else in scripture where this word daily bread was used by an earthly king. Right? So, <laughs> in this context now, what does daily bread mean here? Uh, sustenance. You know, of course, you are not going to feed prisoners with food they will require for the next day. What are you going to give to prisoners? Just enough to do what? To sustain them for that moment or for that day. Do we agree on that? Okay, so we have found out in Jeremiah 37 verse 21 that a king, an earthly king, when he put Zedekiah, when he put Jeremiah in prison, he was giving Jeremiah daily bread. So it's like the daily ration or the daily uh, ration of food that they were given to just sustain them enough for the next day. Okay, so let's go to... John chapter 6, verse 31. We're looking at daily bread now because we should pray for daily bread. You know, 
He didn't say pray for your daily hustle. He said pray for daily bread. Right? Okay. <laughs> John chapter 6. Thank you, Father. John chapter 6 and verse 31. John 6, 31. John 6, 31. John 6, 31. Let's go there now. Okay. Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Okay, pause there. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So what's the bread there? What's the bread there? Manna, simple. Our fathers ate the manna. In the desert, as it is written. This is how it is written. It's in manner, but it was written that he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So we found that it means that the daily manner they got was daily bread. Okay? And you know the rule that followed the manna? What was the rule that followed the manna? You cannot remain it, or you cannot yeah, keep it overnight. So you have to go out to do what? To get it the next day. Just follow it. So you can understand the message. Alright. Let's read on now. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. So, the manna that they were eating, the Bible calls it bread. Are we together? Calls it bread. Okay, now Jesus says that bread was not the true bread. Okay, now the manna they were eating was physical. You could touch it, you could eat it, you could, whatever it was. Verse 33 For the bread of God is He. Who comes down from heaven, look at those words, and gives life to the world. Okay. So, in the Old Testament, they were picking the manna. And Jesus says, that was not the true bread. That the true bread, for the bread of God, is, I like that name, the bread of God church. <laughs> good. For the bread of God, is it the bread of God? Your church is going to grow every day, right? For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So we now understand that the bread is a person. Okay. Let's read on. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never test. Uh, But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe me. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will, be no, will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent him. 
So connect the functionality of the bread now. Will. This is the will of the Father who sent me that of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him might have everlasting life and I'll raise him up at the last day. Then the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Keep reading. This is Bible study. Keep reading. Don't get tired. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. You know, this is what I found out. I found it out a lot in the body of Christ. You know, you're teaching something people don't understand. Instead of asking questions, they murmur. And you experience this in the teaching ministry of Jesus a lot. He will just be teaching. People will be murmuring. Ah, it cannot be true. What is it? How can this anointing of does not work? Ah, what is it? They won't ask questions. You know what? I'm still growing. <laughs> Jesus would answer their murmuring. Every time you hear a true teaching interpretation of scriptures, it should raise certain questions in your heart. Number one, about the things you've believed before. What happens? As you begin to hear the Bible interpreted, what, what, what happens to you? You begin to see adjustments. You, you follow me? You have questions. It's valid. Okay, but let's go quickly because of time. And then they murmured, right? Where, where, which verse am I now? Verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets... And they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not, not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread. Which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Okay? Then Jesus therefore quiet, then the Jews, sorry, therefore quiet among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed. Interesting. And my blood is drink indeed. Wonderful. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so, so, listen now, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. Hold that phrase. He who feeds on me would live because of me. Who is the me? John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. 
In him was life. In him was life. And that life was what? The light of men. John 6.57 He who feeds on me will live because of me. So the bread is Christ. What is the bread? The word. How do we eat of the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood? Not by buying bread and... What's that now? Right, Dina? It's by feeding on his word. You can take the elements of the communion and don't know God. You haven't fed on him. I know for some, you, some of you that are serious. But it says, he who feeds on me shall live. Okay, let's read other scriptures to help us understand this. Go to Job 23, verse 12. Are you, are you understanding now? So, on your own, you can begin to teach yourself what is daily bread, right? You can understand what this means now. Okay. Uh, where did I say you should go to? Okay, Job, Job 23. You guys are smart people. Job 23. Where is my Job? Okay. Job 23, verse 12. Thinking that the idols from somebody's father's house has removed my Job. Job 23. Job 23, verse 12. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary what? Food. Hmm. Give me the King James Version. So he compares the words of God's mouth. Okay. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. He compares the words from the mouth of God to what? To food. Okay. Now, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Verse 3. Verse verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Who led Jesus? Capital S. I've told you every time you see capital S talking about the Holy Spirit. Small S referring to your spirit. Who led Jesus to the mountain? The Holy Spirit. Okay. For those of you who think the devil is so powerful. To be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted, 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I'll tell you this, there were, I think, three people who did 40 days and 40 nights in scriptures. Uh, Moses, I think it was Elijah, I'm not sure about that again, third person, and Jesus Christ. Most of them spent time in the presence of the Father. And that was what sustained them for 40 days and 40 nights. 
there is nothing powerful about the number of days. Are you following what I'm saying? Because you know, when it comes to January now, everybody starts fasting. 60, 70. Say, no, this year it's 100. And then you just see tired believers all over the place. They will go to work. <laughs> Why are you not typing? Ah, we are in a program. They should drop you. Zero efficiency. Your God calls you. you. You are hearing the sound of your name. You are not sure it's you because it's echo. You are hungry. The whole day, you never spent any time praying. You never spent any time reading the word. In fact, you were angry with everybody. How can they not see that somebody is in program? They are disturbing somebody. We have entered the new year. You are just bitterness all over. And you carried that for 70 days. You wasted your time. And then some people, out of the day, they break that 70-day fast. Massive quarrel. I did not respond to you because I was fasting. Now, I am done. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I got like, hey. You just wait. If you wasted your time. And some people, when they are fasting, woo, six to six, by 5.30, they are close to the fridge. God, it will soon be time. Lord, it will soon be time. Holy Ghost. <laughs> Six o'clock. <laughs> and I like, take it easy. Say, no. I've been waiting for this moment. And then they eat so much that they now have constipation. <laughs> you see, even if you are born again and have sense, do you understand? When you are fasting, listen carefully to this. Very carefully. Fasting does not change God. God is constant. We know his will. What does fasting do? It helps us to hear him. To learn of him. You know, when you are fasting, some of you are very humble. You can't fight. You can't quarrel. You just stay by the word. Anything God says, say yes sir, I will do. That's what it does. In fact, in Isaiah, God told them that this is your fasting of stopping food. He said, I don't want it anymore. This is the fasting I want. Give your food to the poor. Give clothes. Stop that nonsense. Be a good person. That's what God was trying to say. Be generous. He said, this is the fasting I desire. You can't be a believer who constantly fasts and you are very stingy. Okay, I was talking about fasting. What did I say you should read again? Matthew chapter 4. Okay, yeah, fasting Jesus. And when Jesus had fasted for this morning, he was hungry. So this tells, this tells us about the humanity of Jesus. That he was hungry. So he was human. Jesus was fully human and fully God. So you find out quickly, quickly. I'll tell you this quickly. You find out the humanity of Jesus when certain words were used about him. For instance, when he was going to John chapter 4, when he was going to, to Samaria, the Bible says he was tired and he was hungry. That was his humanity. Sometimes you hear uh, the grave of Lazarus. Jesus wept. That was his humanity. So when you read about Jesus in the scripture, don't read Jesus as an impossible model. Read Jesus as the firstborn among many brethren. He came to show us that as human, we can be like him. I'll say it again. Jesus came. The first Adam couldn't leave it. So Jesus came to say, listen, as a human being, you can live this way. So that's why the scriptures was careful to point to us 
about his humanity. The times he got tired, the times he cried, because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he was tempted on all points. Now, if he said he was tempted on all points, and he was not in his humanity, then he doesn't connect us. Am I right? Okay, that's for another day. That was free bonus. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. The physical bread. But what? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Do you see what Job said there? I have esteemed the words that come out of your mouth more than my necessary food. So right here, Jesus equates physical bread that the same life physical bread will give to you is the same sustaining power that the word of God will give to you. So when he says, give us this day our daily bread, what was he talking about? Simply saying, every day when you get up and you are praying to the Lord, you are asking for the revelation of his word and words from his mouth that will sustain you that day. Simple. How many of you have had the experience where you just read a scripture in the morning? For those of you who take time to pray. And something happens in the day. And that scripture just holds you. That was your daily bread. How many of us go out every day without daily bread? We don't bother. Don't worry God. Just give me the car. Give me the car. Don't worry. I will sustain myself. And that's why your Christian life is a struggle. That's why you find it difficult to walk in love. There's no word from God's mouth sustaining you. Your spiritual life is on ICU. What's ICU? Intensive care unit. You are on pastor's oxygen, bishop's drip, <laughs> apostles, um, what's that thing they press? Like, <laughs> whatever they press. That's how you just live. So when things come, say, I remember Papa said, Papa, no, I forgot to, no, Pastor Mark said, that's not daily bread. What I said to you is not daily bread. But I'm, I'm, I don't give you daily bread. I teach you how to get daily bread. You must get that bread from the mouth of the Father. So he said, listen, you cannot collect a bread for tomorrow. That means, daily means you show up daily talking to your Father. That's why one of the most important habits of the Christian faith is personal quiet time with God. Where you go before Him and receive words from His mouth. That's why He says, sufficient for the day are His troubles. You will have enough troubles in the day that will blow you out. Enough troubles from yourself, troubles from your mind, thinking what you should not be thinking. Why is life like this? I'd rather die. That's, you need bread to live. When you think death is better than living. Oh, why is my own like this? When you say, I say, why is your own like this? You need daily bread. You are hungry. Are you following what I'm saying? When you think people are your problem, you need daily bread. Let the word of Christ dwell in you what? Richly. So what do you do? Everybody had to go out to gather the manna. And those who tried to sustain the manna, the manna was rotten. 
Some people try to live on yesterday's times that you're not here when we were in campus. Forget. When we used to pray, things happen. Look at your life. And you are saying it. You hear people say, I used to be a strong Christian. I used to be. You see, those kind of people, anybody that used to refer to their Christian life with this phrase, used to run away from them. There are people who are comfortable with compromise. In those days, when I used to preach, even you, pastor, you will get born again. So what's happening? Never legitimize your lack of spiritual pursuits. For some people, it was pastors that turned them off. Ah, in those days, if you see me until I met this pastor, I, I told myself, my God is not in my chest. I will not expose him to anybody again. And you think you're wise. You're not. You're not. Do we have an instruction not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together? Is that God's instruction? Come on. I said, is that God's instruction? Does God know that bad people will show up? And he says we should gather. You can't be wiser than him. So, conclusively, what's the daily bread? Daily revelation of the person of, the, of, of Jesus. To see him daily. And you know what happens? You know why this is interesting? You can never get a revelation of him all through. That's why you see that in your most trying times, listen to me, if you have ever gone through tough times in your life, the only thing that sustains you is what? The word of God. You just remember. Sometimes it might be prophetic words given to you. You have to remember that word. You have to go before the Father and get fresh insights. Don't neglect daily reading of the word. It will do wonders to you. Have you? It's so amazing. Where I don't know if you've had this experience. You read something in the morning. You go out to your workplace. You go and you just see the thing playing out. Just the way it was in the scriptures. And I'm not saying, now go and just, in the morning, just get up. Where's my daily bread? Where's my daily bread? You will read, <laughs> you will read, that's, that's laziness. You see, you will just read Leviticus chapter 2. You shall kill everybody you see. Say, okay, <laughs> you watch for today. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Take your spiritual life more serious than Naira Bet. You understand know what I'm saying? Don't just carry Bible and open. Be deliberate. Just tell yourself, we're entering a new month. This new month, I want to read the book of Philippians. God, open my eyes. Paul said that prayer, Ephesians chapter 1, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know the mystery of God's will, that your heart be flooded with light. You pray that prayer, you open the scripture, and you start reading. Just read. One phrase will just stand out for you. It might be a phrase that just says, the, the peace of God will guard your heart. And people will be amazed how in the midst of terrible circumstances, you're not moved. You have gotten your daily bread from heaven. This bread is sourced from an outer realm that is different from the earth. So the circumstances of the earth do not... You know, we're building right now and we just need to get some finances and all that. And I was at the gym this afternoon. And I was just thinking. And the Lord just began to speak to me like, hey, come. 
You need to start putting your eyes on me more. And I, I began to see certain plans that I was making. I was making based on uh, human strength. Like, okay, these are the kind of resources that come into the ministry in a particular month. So if this is coming into the ministry, we can be able to do this. And God's like, no, 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 no. Something is wrong. You're beginning to keep your eyes on what people bring in for the month. You need to keep your eyes on me. And then we needed to pay off a bill on Friday, huge amount, just to close off something. And later, maybe like two, three hours later, someone sent into the ministry account the exact sum. I mean, exact sum. This is not hundreds. Exact sum that we needed. Huge amounts of money. And as I made that adjustment in my heart, you know what happened? I received strength for the project. Uh, do, you, do you follow what I'm saying? So we all need the daily bread. Because before you know, you start keeping your eyes on people. And after what happens? Every time you start preaching, you start harassing them. How can the work of God be going on and you are comfortable? Hey, guy says, you are dwelling. You start, you, start, you start messing up. You won't know, but what is happening? You've taken your eyes from daily bread. You are now feeding yourself with the response of the people. It can even happen in your own life. Where you're believing God to do something for you, instead of going to the Lord for daily bread, you are now depending on the words of man. And you know what Jesus said? He says, that manner that Moses gave you is not the true bread. Can I tell you something? Every promise of man to you is not true bread. Every, listen, no matter the man on this earth, even if it's the Pope, that promises you something, is not true bread. Only from the mouth of the Father can you get the bread that comes from heaven. That's why some of us are disappointed. Because we have lived off of the words of men. We haven't lived up of the word of the Father. So I'll give you a quick example and I close. When Joseph was in prison, what happened? Huh? He told the man, please, when you go out, remember me. You know, those of you that like printing complimentary card. This good card everywhere. The scripture says the man forgot him for two years. But when you read the book of Psalms, it tells us, it says, when the time for his word came, it says, God sent for him. What happened? He found that true bread. Some of you, your lives would have been better off if you would depend on the bread that comes from heaven. I challenge you. I challenge you. Are you following what I'm saying? You go before the Lord and say, Lord, for this situation, give me my daily bread. Even when you are sick in your body, God gives you an assurance of healing. People will be feeling sorry for you. Ah, but you know that your healing has come forth. You know, I mean, today I was so blessed by my time. I was just meditating before the Lord. There's something we believe in God for healing somewhere. And... The Lord began to put in my heart. He says, every time you ask this person about this issue, you are always asking as if the person is not healed. You're always asking the person, how is this sickness? How is this sickness? And God says, that's not faith. So when I call, when I was talking to the person, I say, how are you healed? Person. So I just mentioned the person's name. I say, how are you healed this? Do you understand that? What have I received? Daily bread for the sustenance. Because it was becoming uh, a burden to me. I mean, this thing, God, what's it all about? God is a, and God says, even you, when you are asking the person, you are asking the person with the name of the sickness. 
Ask with healing in mind. Ask with healing in your perspective. Don't ask expecting the person to respond. He's still there. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? What have I just gotten? Daily bread for that sustenance. So when I look at the person right now, what do you think I'll feel? No, God is going to heal you. No, you are going to get your healing. Why? I have received daily bread from the Father. Do you understand how this works? Father, we thank you. Bless you for the revelation of your word. We receive grace and insight. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.